When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. And I'm the one who didn't get the memo. Everyone was taken off the day after Father's Day. Boy, it makes so much sense. You get to hang out on Father's Day. Take the next day off. Stay up late with the kids, whatever you want to do. They're all out of school. No, I didn't get the memo. So here I am. I show up to work. Now, the upside is I get to work with Amber Wilson, who's in for Key and Jay this morning. Good morning, Amber. Good morning, Max. I think it's our first time working together. Happy late Father's Day. Did you get everything you wanted and more? I, I didn't get so much as a happy Father's Day until the oldest one got up and reminded the other two that it was Father's Day at Mm. like one in the afternoon. Uh, No cards, no nothing, although the eight-year-old said she was going to make me a card. That never happened. Uh, But it's a fake made-up holiday anyway. It's a whole, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day. It's all nonsense. But, uh... But, you know, when it cuts, yeah, it's, come on, it's all made up. Amber, the, the- I mean, it's made up. I don't know if uh, you want to take that attitude on Mother's Day. Uh, I don't know if the mothers would appreciate it. Sure, all of, a lot of these holidays are made up. Are you one then, like, nothing for Valentine's Day because it's, it's a made-up holiday? It's, it's just, car- come on, card companies. The Hallmark Company is inventing holidays. So, you know, to, so suckers like us buy stuff on those holidays. But I will say this. When it gets to be your holiday, then you want something. You know, right. like, ah, it's made up, and then it's Father's Day. Hey, I didn't get anything for Father. What, what gives? I mean, I'm not a big Valentine's person because of that reason. Yeah. But Mother's Day, there should be a day that children celebrate mothers and children celebrate fathers because we do so much. And typically for Mother's Day, I just want to be left alone. That's it. It's a good one. Very simple. Now, how many do you have? I only have one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, listen, I think, uh, I think that that's a good point. Because, in fact, your birthday should actually be, you know, your birthday should be Mother's Day, right? Your mother's the one who went through something. Why is your birthday celebrated? She should be celebrated, not you. I agree. So Mother's Day, it's like, you know, that, it makes some sense. Father's Day, though? Come on. Now we're getting a little carried away. <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, your kids uh, took to heart how you feel about Father's yeah. Day. Damn and it. so they celebrated you the exact way you wanted to be celebrated, <laughs> which is very little acknowledgement of Father's Day generally. They should have gratitude every day. You know, it's the old Chris Rock line, right? Hey, Dad, thanks for knocking out this rent. You know, thanks for keeping it. Sure is easy to read in here with all the lights on. They should have that attitude every day. But alas, Amber, So, but you had a good time yesterday? You got a little uh, yeah. time off? We took it really easy. We had a lot of fun on Saturday. So we did our big, our big thing on Saturday. My husband had to travel yesterday. You so say we your took big it easy thing. on actual Father's Day. Well, I mean, mean? like we went, we, we went, we were out on the boat all day. We oh, were having a lot of fun. I forgot you know, recovering where you yesterday. Yes. yes, let's put it that way. So, like g- going out on the boat, that could be any day of the week where where you are. That is Florida life. Yeah, that is Florida life. Yeah. Hey, you know who out? No, it's not has nothing to do with Florida. Bradley Beal. <laughs> not anymore. 
They were supposed to. It was supposed to have something to do did with you, Miami. Did the Not Heat anymore. feel? Did the Heat feel like he was de- he was coming there? Did Did you feel like you had a, you had the best shot to land him? Yeah, all of Heat Nation thought that they had a really good shot. Listen. It's Pat Riley at the helm. So there is some delusion amongst Heat Nation where you think you're going to get every single superstar that's ever floated on any sort of potential trade block. And that's the reality of the situation. We also have this delusion that everybody wants to come to Miami, which I'm not sure is completely untrue. But now you've seen the Suns win out over the heat for Kevin Durant. You've seen the Suns went out over the heat for Bradley Beal. How much of that is a Bradley Beal choice? How much of that was just that the heat weren't aggressive enough in those talks with the Wizards? We'll never know. It did feel like the heat were on a damage control campaign yesterday. All of their local beat writers putting out stuff very swiftly to try to kind of uh, just distract from the fact that Bradley Beal is now on the Phoenix Suns. He ain't on the Miami Heat. We'll have a Damian Lillard conversation down the line. Okay, look, we're going to get to Bradley Beal on the Suns in a second because that's the trade that actually went through. But let me just say, as a reformed Knicks fan, used to be a Knicks fan in my youth, uh, (laughs) the thing about Pat Riley is any Heat fan out there say, oh, we were supposed to get this. We lost out to the Suns. We lost out that one to the Suns. Pat Riley on the Lakers, Lakers got their guy. Not every time, but when it was important, they got their guy. Pat Riley on the Knicks, still no one came. Everyone in New York feels like Heat fans, but no one ever actually comes to the Knicks. But Pat Riley on the Heat, Heat fans need to calm down. No one gets this, the guy who's available every time, but from Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway, Shaquille O'Neal to join Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James to, re, you know, to get back to get Wade some more help after the Shaq era. Jimmy Butler, and then we'll see who the next guy. There'll be another guy in. There'll be another superstar or star, at least, in the door. It wasn't Bradley Beal, though. He's going to the Suns. Um, So because he had this no-trade clause, Amber, and this enormous contract, everyone knew his market was going to be depressed. But I imagine Heat fans are also today thinking, oh, wait a minute. It was depressed to that point? Because the deal is expected to include Chris Paul, who's 38 years old, and the thought was they might cut. Right. Landry Shamit, who can shoot, right? Several second round picks and 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 pick swap and pick swaps that sources told ESPN. Not even here the first, just pick swaps, I guess, in the first. The deal could get a few days to be completed, uh could take a few days completed. The Wizards will be allowed to field offers to widen the deal to a three team trade to give Chris Paul the chance to land with a contender. So Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN senior NBA insider, said the following on primetime prime time when asked how the deal happened. Two things limited Washington's leverage in doing a trade. One is the no trade clause that Brad Beal has. He's the only player in the league who negotiated it. He has final say over not only where he goes, but, but what they could get back for him. And two, the amount of money left on his deal, over $200 million over four years, with the new collective bargaining agreement in place, uh, what's called the second apron, which is going to perhaps act like a hard cap for teams, there was much less of an appetite around the league to take on a contract of a player who's going to be making 50, 53, $57 million in the last three years of his deal. That combined you know, led them to Phoenix. So, Amber, it does sound like this second apron is – as, as uh, Woj describes it, which is part of the collective bargaining, ag- bargaining agreement, might act as a hard cap or at least a harder cap. Um, 
it means that teams have to price players appropriately, that just because you are an all-star or even a high-level all-star doesn't necessarily mean you're worth the max contract, right? And Bradley Beal is certainly, if a five-star player is an MVP and a four-star player is an all-star and a three-star player is a starter like that, he's not a five-star player. But he's maybe more than just a normal four-star player. He's something extra. I mean, it seems to me that it made sense for the Suns, and you believe it would have made sense for the Heat, but maybe not every team thought it would make sense for them that would have expanded the trade market. Yeah, that second apron is just meant to limit the flexibility of any team over that $179.5 million mark in terms of the luxury tax. And not all teams are certainly willing to become second apron teams. Credit to Ishbia, obviously a very good new owner in the league that's willing to put his money where, the mouth, where his mouth is. This is a great deal for the Suns because if you have an owner willing to spend the money, that's all they spent in this deal. I mean, the Wizards got back second round picks. They're not going to hang on to Chris Paul. None of these other pieces of this deal matter at all. And frankly, the second round picks hardly matter. Here's what the Wizards got. They got $207 million off their book. That's what Bradley Beal had left on his contract. That's it. And that was ugly for a player that had a huge contract who's missed significant time here the last few years and also a player with a no-trade clause, the only player in the NBA with the no-trade clause, so he had all the power in terms of where he was willing to go. As a Heat fan, I saw this deal come across. Of course, I threw up my hands. Anybody across the NBA would want Bradley Beal for next to nothing, but you have to have an owner who's willing to go into that luxury tax, and there's far things, or there's few things better in sports than the owner willing to spend monster money. That's what Ishbia clearly is willing to do here. Unless... It's an owner who's willing to spend monster money, and it's not actually a needle mover. And now your franchise, because we saw uh, Prokhorov do that with the Nets, right? Now your franchise is mired in a salary cap problem, and yet you can't get over the top. But if you have a Kevin Durant and a Devin Booker already in place, and then you pull the trigger on a Bradley Beal, it does look like it's eye-catching. It looks like, oh, wait a minute. If they flesh out this roster properly, that's a get-over-the-top type roster, well, let me see that on ESPN2 again, um, the, the salaries, the four guys they got signed up at the moment. Because what sticks out like a sore thumb here, Amber, a combined $162.9 million in salaries per season, Kevin Durant at 47.7, Bradley Beal at 46.7, Devin Booker at 36 looks like a steal, right? DeAndre Ayton at 32.5. Amber, it seems to me now that they have to turn DeAndre Ayton into the parts to go around the big three because he has not played like a $32.5 million a year player, and they are a top-heavy team who needs some depth. The only other player they have under contract other than those four names you just saw on ESPN2 is Cameron Payne. I mean, this team does not have anybody under contract now, and they have these monster contracts on their books. Who wants that DeAndre Ayton contract? Right. Who wants it? I mean, take it? it. I don't. I don't see the sucker in the, and also they know that the Suns have to move it. That's the problem. Like, why are you willing to help out the Suns in this situation? The team that just 
probably became the best team in the NBA, certainly on paper. They're the best team in the NBA right now. So the Suns have a real problem because everybody else is also looking at their roster thinking they've got to move this contract to fill out this roster. So you have to find a willing partner, a partner willing to help you, and then a partner who's interested in DeAndre Ayton for that level of money. And frankly, DeAndre Ayton has been somewhat of a disappointing player. Plus, the Suns need some size with this roster, and the Suns need depth, so there's that. They're hoping, I think... With taking such a big swing on all of these players, they are hoping that they can create some of the magic that, not to be a homer, but create some of the magic that you just saw the Heat create in this postseason, where you can take a bunch of dudes that no one's ever heard of, dudes that are undrafted, and just kind of pluck them out of the G League and find some magic there, because all they're going to be working with is minimum deals to fill out this roster moving forward. But that's really important because they actually need the depth. So it's not like they're just putting bodies out there. You saw it hurt them this postseason. Yeah, they had their big three is now the best big three in the league. Clearly, clearly, and by far, that's the best three who are playing together all in or around their primes if they're all healthy. But uh, they're going to need to flesh out the roster. And Andre uh, DeAndre Ayton's contract is sticking out like a sore thumb. In the old days, you know, even a couple years ago, the Knicks could be reliable trade partner here and take your junk, right? But uh, they're competently run now. So who do you turn to? Who's the sucker? Isn't that shocking to say, by the way? The where, does, where does Bradley run? Beal put the Suns in the West? Are the Nuggets still the favorites? 888 say ESPN. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, Amber Wilson, in for Key and J. ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson in for Key and J today. Beautiful morning here in New York City. You're looking at it on ESPN2 right now if you're watching. Uh, Amber, the question now is, because it used to be, really starting with, I guess the Celtics, Kevin Garnett was just referenced on on the sound you heard coming in. When, When Garnett went to Boston, they had a big three, and it was the only big three in the league. And so you're really running unopposed, right? You got three all-stars one of them really an MVP-level player and the other two high-level All-Stars, and the rest of the league doesn't have that. Um, When that is the case, that's a big deal, but the league has changed nowadays, and I think role players or guys like Mikhail Bridges, for example, are so good that if you give him his own team, oh, look at that, he can average 25 a game. I think those 3 and D-plus guys 
can now approximate stars if if given you know a higher usage rate. And so just simply having those three guys really isn't enough. You really have to flesh out the roster. Given the, the way the Nuggets are put together right now, do you think that Bradley Beal puts the Suns immediately in pole position in the West? Did you think that when Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Kevin Durant came together that that immediately put them in pole position in the East? I think the answer to that is yes, right? I mean, we all thought that because, like you just referenced, it used to work in the NBA. The reality of how it actually works, though, on the court might be an entirely different story. If they don't win a championship or if they don't do well in the West, we're going to say it's because of the lack of depth, because they committed too much money to these pieces, because they couldn't move Aiton and fill out that roster. That'll be the knock against the Suns. If they end up winning, it'll be... They swung, they knocked it out of the park. This is all we need to do again. We just need to pay superstars. I think the reality lies somewhere in the middle here, Max, where there's different ways to do this thing. Like, we're always looking for one specific formula, right? And there is no one specific formula to get it done because there's a lot of parity now in the NBA. That's the reality of it. So, yes, you just saw the Denver Nuggets do it with one superstar. Jamal Murray, of course, looks like a superstar next to Jokic. Would he look like a superstar on another team? I don't know. I mean, the whole point is that you have generational players that raise up the talent around them. I'm not trying to take anything away from Murray. I'm just saying the formula was to grow it there, which is what they did in Denver. Those guys have been together for years. They grew it organically and bada bing, bada boom. It results in a championship. We've also seen it done this way in the past. Now, it's been some years, but we've seen it done this way where you throw them together and it works. We've also seen it fail. So there's no one right answer here. The problem here for the Suns, Max, is none of these guys are known for their durability at this point in their career. Well, that's, but by the way, Amber, that's the number one thing when you say sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It works when the stars are healthy. But nowadays, you can't, you know, it, look, if, if KD and James Harden and Kyrie would have been, and in Kyrie's case, it wasn't just injury that kept them off the court, but if they just would have been available, let's say, you know, 85% of the time together. They were unstoppable. I mean, clearly, just two, just KD and Kyrie were way too much for the Bucks in that series until Kyrie went down, and it was just KD, and it still went seven games with his foot on the line. And the Bucks were the champions that year, right? So, yes, it, it, I think health has a lot to do with it. Depth protects against, you know, high-level depth protects against an injury to one of those stars. That's a good way to think about it. Maybe it's simply an issue if the Suns stay healthy, mostly healthy. Their big three stay mostly healthy. They have a very good shot to win. But the question is, especially given recent injury history, what is, what's the likelihood they stay healthy? So as of Friday, before the trade, the Nuggets were plus, plus 450 to repeat. That was the favorite. Today, they're plus 450. They're still the favorite. On Friday, the Celtics were second, plus 550. They're still plus 550. This is what's interesting. The Suns are still in third place before and after the trade. The difference, though, is that the odds went from plus 900 to plus 600. So the odds makers feel, well, at least they feel the public will believe, that the Suns have closed the gap on the Nuggets and Celtics and really closed the gap on the Celtics, like a really nipping at their heels as the sec- you know, for the position of second-best team in the league. Uh, so, I mean... Well, entering, they said the Suns were ranked fourth on Friday. It looks, oh, I see. The Bucks were ranked 
pardon me, the Bucks were ranked third. Yeah, because because the Bucks is, the Bucks odds haven't moved. Right, the Bucks but the Suns do leapfrog the the Bucks. They did leapfrog the Bucks, correct? So so they enter that that top four at least uh, or top three rather would go from four to three based on the trade. All right, Ethan in Pennsylvania, you're on KJM ESPN Radio. Nuggets are still going to be repeating. Um, if they had gotten Damian Lillard, I think that would be the appropriate conversation to be having, that they would then be the favorite. Wait, if, if the Suns had gotten Lillard? Correct. Then it would have been appropriate to have them as the favorite. You, you, you think so? Well, I think they was, like the ball in uh, Amber. It seems to me they like the ball in, in Devin Booker's hands. Well, yeah, I agree with that from a fit perspective. Also, I don't think that was ever part of the conversation, right? Because again, the way that the Suns just pulled this off is not giving up anything, <laughs> essentially, right? I mean, they were going to move on from CP3 anyways. We knew that. They gave up some second round picks for Bradley Beal. That wouldn't have been the case for Damian Lillard. That's the reality of the situation. The Suns just got better. Of course, they just got better. But Max, Bradley Beal played 50 games this past season, I believe, 40 the season before 60, the season before that, like he hasn't played a full season in many, many years. And oh, KD. by the way, and right, and oh, by the way, Kevin Durant last season, 47 games, Devin Booker last season, 53 games. Like these three guys at this point in their career, now I know maybe we don't attribute this to Booker because it's a one-off there with the injuries potentially, but I do think it's fair to have that conversation at this point with those other two guys that are about to be north of 30 because Bradley Beal is about to turn 30 in about a week from now. And so for those guys, is this just where they're at in their career or was it Bradley Beal was on the Wizards and all of a sudden he's going to find himself super healthy in Phoenix? He played 82 games back to back Bradley Beal. Um, that was the year. Five years the, ago, I think. Yeah, though. the following year he plays 57 games. That's when he averaged 30 points. And, and since then he's averaged 50 games a season, 60-40-50. Uh, so exactly 50 games a season in the last three years. You brought up earlier Jamal Murray, how he's he plays like an all-star next to Jokic. I really think with Jamal Murray it's just an issue of the calendar. Hey, Jamal, it's May. Okay, time to turn into Superman. He's one of these players, and you see it in Miami and Jimmy Butler. He, once the playoffs start, Jamal Murray is a legitimately great player. And during the regular season, he's a legitimately good player. He's one of these guys who's able to consistently, so far in his career, you know, rise to the occasion. But the Nuggets are a great example of a team that looked like they couldn't really win in the playoffs simply because of injury, and then lucked up in a sense, got, or at least were patient, everyone got healthy, and then they were able to steamroll everyone. Who says that that health holds this upcoming season for the Nuggets. It hasn't in the last, you know, in the previous two seasons. And one of their $180 million, you know, Michael Porter Jr. has real injury issues, Was came into the league with them. So that remains to be seen. And maybe it's an issue simply in the West of who's healthy. Is this KD's best chance to win a title? Well, and Michael Porter Jr. has real showing up issues as well. Let's not to take anything away from what he did there at the very end of the finals, but let's be real about that. Uh, And there's a lot of money tied up in Michael Porter Jr. And Jamal Murray, I think, is doing that by design. I don't have a problem with it. He's a player that had a catastrophic injury and missed such significant time. Save yourself for the postseason. Maybe we'll see some of that same philosophy 
for Phoenix here, where these guys need to take it a little bit easier in the regular season. Let's not focus so much. Let Denver get the number one seed. Let's not focus so much on getting the number one seed. Let's focus on saving themselves here for the postseason. Is this KD's best opportunity? Sure, it's his best opportunity since we just had that best opportunity in Brooklyn, right? Let's have that conversation coming up, Amber. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You can check us out not only on Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPN2, but on the ESPN app. Click more on the lower right-hand corner of the app. Scroll down live radio. We're right there. Amber Wilson, as you can see if you're watching on ESPN2. In for Key and J today. Amber, is this Kevin Durant's last best chance to win a title? We ask this every year, it seems. Right. Yes. Didn't we just do this? I don't know. Where is he going next, Max? And then I'll let you know, right? I mean, we act like Kevin Durant is 40. He's not. He's 34 years old. Sure, it feels like this is his last best chance, whatever. I don't know. We've done this so many times with KD's career. I thought that he had the best chance when he came together with Kyrie. And then when he came together with Kyrie and James Harden. And now we're having this conversation when he comes together with Devin Booker and CP3. And now it's that Bradley Beal's there in place of CP3. And who knows who's going to be there next year. I, Whatever you have Kevin Durant on your team, you have a very good chance to win a title in my book. The problem with Kevin Durant is, is he going to stay healthy? If he stays healthy, this is a very good opportunity for him. If he doesn't stay healthy, it's a very different conversation. You know, I admire KD's decision, even though I thought it was wrongheaded at the time, to play on what was clearly an issue with his Achilles. Like, the team said calf at the time at Golden State. Everyone in the world, except for the team doctor, apparently, knew it was obviously an Achilles. And then, sure enough, his Achilles went. And I said on first take at the time, before it actually snapped, this is a bad mistake, not because he won't get paid, but because he's risking the rest of his prime, right? He'll never be quite the same. The amazing thing about KD is he came back, and when he's on the court, he is. He got back to being as good as he was on the Warriors at the end, which is one of the greatest players you'll ever see. 
He is the most efficient scorer you can ever even imagine. Seven feet tall, can score at all three levels effortlessly. He doesn't need the ball. You don't even need to draw up a play. He can get the quietest 35 points you've ever seen. He became an excellent passer, a great defender on multiple positions, and he's still that Amber when he's on the floor. But as you pointed out in the previous segment, when is that going to be? He's not reliable to play a full season. At least he hasn't been since then. So... Is this his, next, his last best chance to win a championship? When he went to the Warriors, the issue was not simply he's joining a great team, no one wins a championship on less than an excellent team. The issue was he was joining a team that couldn't lose with him on it. it they just won 73 games, and it took great fortune and incredible comeback by one of the greatest players ever on a loaded squad in LeBron to even get that championship from the Warriors after a 73. And it was in a game seven at home that they lost. And they had a lead in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter in game seven. Like by the skin of their teeth, they lost. And then Kevin Durant, without hardly taking anything off that team, just parachutes onto that. Well, we'll never know. Like, you know, the point in winning a championship is that you've proven something beyond how, how good you are. You've proven how great you are. You've proven you can overcome adversity and lead a group, etc. If you're the best player on the team. We already knew KD was one of the goodest players of all time. What we wanted to know is, was he one of the greatest? And we still don't know because that was any all-star you added to that team would have made them completely unbeatable. Paul George added to that team. You can't beat that team. Is that so, true that we don't know that, though, Max? I mean, I know we have that conversations because we love to ring count, but everybody considers Kevin Durant one of the best offensive players of all time. Is he a in top the 10 NBA. player on, according to every? Is he a top? His skill set a, should make him every, the greatest player ever. Why isn't he the GOAT? Why isn't he in the conversation, at least? He, he should be in the conversation, but the reality is also that injuries have marred his career, and then there was the lack of championships other than at Golden State. And even though he was the most important player there because he was the finals MVP, he still doesn't get the credit that he deserved because, like you just said, he joined a 73-win team. The reality is, though, if we actually take a step back and and have the conversation about his legacy, which, goodness knows, that's what we like to do here on Sports Radio in the summer, people still consider Kevin Durant easily one of the best players of his generation and I think offensively one of the greatest players of all time regardless of whether he's able to win another ring on his own if he wins one ring in Phoenix and it's alongside Bradley Beal and Devin Booker does it really truly change the conversation that much completely change the conversation because it's different if you you could put three all-stars together that's not the same thing as Golden State Golden State was a well-oiled machine with a player who was playing at historically high levels in Steph and had just come off a 73-win season where they very nearly went back-to-back. That's different than what, say, LeBron and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade did down in Miami, which is just throw something together. Yes, it changes the conversation, and, and I think that you make my point when you say, well, he's in the conversation for greatest of his generation and greatest offense. He's also... An inc- at this, when, he's, when he's healthy, an incredibly great defensive player given his defensive versatility and length and willingness to take on the challenge of the other team's best offensive player. He's also an excellent passer. When you check all the boxes, you say, wait a minute, he should be, along with LeBron, the guy pushing MJ for the GOAT spot. He should be based on his skills package, but he has not shown, forget about the fact that he's not 
a force multiplier in the way that someone like LeBron or Bird or Magic or Jokic are because they're incredible passers. He's more of a scorer like a, 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 an MJ or Kobe, though he doesn't impose himself on the game in the same way. One of the things you love about him is he does it in the flow of the game. You know, he never makes the wrong basketball play. But he also hasn't shown an ab- – he's simply additive. It's like KD gives you a plus whatever his value is to any team he's on as opposed to what Magic or Bird or LeBron or Jokic seems to be able to do, which is to elevate everybody around him. So given that, what you definitely need to see from KD is what MJ and Kobe showed you, which is, man, if you give me a crew that has a shot, we're, we're winning this thing. He's been on excellent teams in his youth in, go- in, in Oklahoma City. He was on a, you know, a super trio in Brooklyn, which I understand they weren't available all the time. I get it. Now he's in Phoenix on another super trio, right? Yeah, he's got to win one, Amber, away from Steph, who won before, during, and after him. We discredit a player for guys wanting to play with him. That's number one that bothers me about the narrative surrounding Kevin Durant because you're right. He's been on a lot of great teams with a lot of stars around him, but also it's a credit to Kevin Durant. The guys across the league universally respect Kevin Durant and also want to play with Kevin Durant, which is also why the Warriors wanted him to join that team because they knew his level of greatness and they knew as great as they were, they knew that they could use his help and certainly they could use his help. He ended up being pivotal in winning that championship even even though, yes, they were a well-constructed, well-oiled machine when he joined it. The thing is, though, if he wins one here in Phoenix, are you still comparing him to Michael Jordan? No one's doing that. He could mm-hmm. win three rings in Phoenix. And frankly, no one is having the conversation of MJ and LeBron when it comes to KD. The conversation with Kobe or some of the other players that you mentioned, fine, we can have that conversation. And again, he will be included in the conversation of one of the greatest of his generation. He's already in that conversation, though, with just the rings from Golden State. That's the reality of the situation. So we pretend like it's going to matter so much to the narrative if it he's will. able to get it done somewhere else I I don't think that there's anything at this point in his Mm mid-30s that Kevin Durant can do where he's going to eclipse LeBron James with the conversation of greatest player that's not going to happen Jokic maybe KD's it's not going to happen now at this point in his career probably not LeBron may be out of reach but at the very least what KD can do is be the first name mentioned after MJ and LeBron it will be him ahead of all the other guys certainly all the other non-bigs he could at least do something right now if you said who's the greatest small forward of all time it's Larry other than LeBron James of course who could be a, a one three or four right it's Larry Bird. Larry Bird is a, is a great – I don't know if he's a gooder player than Kevin Durant, but he's a greater player, and that's what I'm talking about. KD should at least pass a guy like that. He's seven feet tall. He does everything. I assure you old-school basketball heads are not going to come around on the Kevin Durant conversation and place him above Larry Bird. Yeah, but they're going to so die much. out eventually, Amber, and so- then the next generation's going to have KD there or not. Or is he going to be behind Kobe? He's going to be behind. It's like where he is now in the placement of generations. It's like he's too old and yet at the same time, not old enough to really, you're not old enough to supplant Larry Bird in the minds of that generation. And you're too old to do it to the next generation. KD wins a couple of chips. They're going to say, oh, four to three. Oh, look at that. Finals MVPs. He'll, He'll pass Larry. He could. He could pass Bird. He could pass... He could pass Magic. He could pass Kobe. He could. He's got to win championships away from Golden State. Okay, Amber and I disagree about this, but it's okay. I'll convince her by the end of the show. The NBA (laughs) suspended John Morant for 25 games. Did they get that right? We're going to get into it coming up. KJM.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. Well, it's a great time of year in the city. Beautiful morning. Amber Wilson in for Key and Jay because I didn't get the memo that the day after Father's Day, every smart person takes off. And like an idiot, I come to work. I appreciate you for showing up. Well, it's, I, I assure you it has nothing to do with work ethic. It's just I didn't think to take it off. No one told me that the other guys were. T- All right. I, I also appreciate those guys for taking it off so yeah. that I can be here. <laughs> yeah, th- there it is. Well, well, Max, it's, it's technically it's, it's Juneteenth. Yeah, it's Juneteenth. So I think that is what they're celebrating. Today. I, I, I made the mistake you're, of not taking off. You're I, right. I it's it. the 19th. Yeah. I should be home with the rest of us. Me too, Yates. Real, real right. Let's, let's just leave. <laughs> Yates, what do you... You're right, it's Juneteenth. We blew it, man. How did it get to be the 19th so fast? We blew it. And here we are. Blew it. Did you realize <laughs> I mean, you it was Juneteenth, leave, I can, I can hold it down if you guys want to go. Yeah, so I, I, was, I was going to put the request in to be off, but I forgot. Because <laughs> I was in the process of moving, I... Ugh, I forgot. I mean, and now, now that I'm is here. a good reason. Now I'm now I'm here. It's, it's, uh, I, just, well, I appreciate you being here, Yates. Because this, thank you. I, this I was show going has the you, best I know music. Get, oh so. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no FaceTiming. There's nothing. <laughs> we, we've already covered that. <laughs> Amber, we're going to get it right one of these days. I swear. Yeah, Yates, come on, get it together. What are you doing? The NBA suspended John Morant for 25 games. Did they get it right? My first feeling, my first thought was, ooh, he got off kind of light. But Amber, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what? It is not at, I think the reason, if there's a feeling out there that, boy, he got away with something, is that we saw him as a result of the last suspension of eight games, and he'd already served six of them with his absence when he went into counseling. So people feel like that wasn't enough as a deterrent, even though he missed all NBA and it cost him like $40 million in the super-duper max, right? Well, this isn't going to be enough of a deterrent either for Ja. It's not that he did something that broke some law that requires a full-season suspension. I don't think, Amber, that's what people are reacting to who think it should have been a stiffer penalty. I think it's that mm, it's not enough of a deterrent. He's just going to get in trouble again. But, you know, it's not Adam Silver's job to parent John Morant, 
It's not his job to hit him with such a deterrent that, that, you know, he, that, that the stove is hot enough that he never does it again. And not only that, but given the infraction, the union would have every right to say, oh, wait a minute. And, I, and I've said it many times, the, the, the whataboutism, like, well, politicians pose with guns all the time. Yeah, those politicians answer to the NRA, right? They fund their campaigns. This, this is John Morant who answers to the NBA, which has a much more civilized standard. I get it. But even so, given what he did, I'm sure the union, the union is at this point already be like, oh, wait a minute. 25 game suspension plus there's some nebulous you have to be convinced he can be reinstated there all there's already some pushback against that let alone if it was any stiffer but that's my basic reaction to the 25 games at first ooh it's a little light and then over time no you know what i think the nba got it right and hopefully ja gets it together i think what happened here was when Adam Silver teased the suspension before the NBA Finals, it led all of us to speculate. He was trying not to distract from the Finals, and by trying not to distract from the Finals, he distracted from the Finals by teasing the suspension. So then we were left to speculate for days, and amidst all that speculation, people were thinking, man, this thing's going to be a monster. It's going to be like something we've never seen before. We've never seen that 82-game suspension in the NBA. Meta World Peace got, well, he got 86 games, so we saw it once, right? But beyond that, we've never seen it beyond the player going into the stands and, and fighting the fans there. And so it has been years since we've seen some of these very significant suspensions. If Adam Silver hadn't teased it the way that he teased it, I don't know if any of us would have been thinking it's going to be a full season. So I think that led to some of the speculation. And because of all the speculation, it felt like a letdown for people when it was just 25 games. 25 games is really significant when you look up the longest suspensions in NBA history. It is very squarely on the list. Most everybody who's been suspended more games than John Morant actual allegations of violence, actual violence uh, was part of that suspension and what led to that suspension absent the suspension for the gun at the facility. That would be the one that was longer than John Morant that didn't have actual violence involved. But the point is, it's a very significant suspension if you look at suspensions in NBA history. Also, Max, I don't have much uh, familiarity with making thirty-three and a half million a year. I'm guessing this is more your wheelhouse than mine. But even at thirty-three and a half this year, seven and a half feels like a lot to miss out. Like seven and a half million feels like a lot of money to miss out on, which is what he's missing out on because he's missing out on about thirty percent of the season. All of that feels significant to me. Have, I, I think that's good analysis, but wouldn't it have? already felt significant when you didn't make all NBA pretty clearly because you missed those eight games and were involved in the situation in the first place. And that costs you in a super duper max deal, like 40 million bucks. So you missed all NBA 2023, 22, 23, keeping his extension at 194.3 million. That's $39 million less than it would have been. That wasn't enough of a deterrent. See what, what I see from Ja is now at this point, consistent lapses in judgment. And when your judgment seems impaired or, or less than optimal in this, at that level, and even a $40 million shot is not enough to convince you, wait a minute, I, I need to not do that again, I don't know that $7.5 is going to do it again, is going is to now teach him the lesson. And I think that's what people are reacting to, at, at, that, that, that somehow the NBA should turn up the stove so hot that he never touches it again. But that's on him. You know, usually if someone are, someone's in the throes of something that they don't want to stop doing, 
No amount of money is going to make them stop. They have to decide, I have to stop doing this. And I don't know that some kind of external force that Adam Silver could wield would help John that way. He's got to want to help himself at a certain point. How well did DeAndre Hopkins is it with the Patriots go, by the way? Keyshawn J. Willemax, Amber Wilson in for the guys on this June team. KJM. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.